Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Welcome, welcome to Fight Performance Podcast. Mark Brewer is your host, bringing you the latest in performance training from the fight community. Welcome to Fighters Performance Podcast. We have on tonight Cam Ralston. He is three and one, brace MMA, over 20 fights across boxing, kickboxing, amateur MMA, training out of training grounds in Crow's Nest. It's myself, Mark Brewer, and Jose De Rocha. So where did you start? Tell us a bit about your, star- your story. Uh, when I started, I first walked into training grounds in the start of 2013. Uh, just finished high school the year before, so I was I was 17 or maybe just turned 18. I think I was just 18, and I walked in there, did the boxing class first off with uh, my boxing coach Aya, and then later on that week I did the Muay Thai class. And the Muay Thai coach was a brown belt at the time, and my Muay Thai coach then was Scott Island, who's also my coach now still. And so he was a brown belt, and he said come try jiu-jitsu and I started doing jiu-jitsu as well and then after about two weeks of being at training grounds I was doing boxing, jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai almost every day. Uh, had a small part-time job at Woolies and so I was working there at night but in the daytime I was just at the gym spending all my time there and I did that for about a year yeah. and then, uh, then I started going to uni. And So by that time you already had experience in other uh, Fight sports? No. Nah. Oh. First day I walked in was the first time that so I uh, started Good boxing. Easy. So right from the beginning, you were strictly MMA, so to say. So, you know, practicing all those sports, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like the new breed of MMA fighter. Yeah, there's a lot out. of people coming out like that, yeah. like just training all these sports mm-hmm. across the board and just going straight in there, right? Yeah, pretty much. Gone are the days where you just strictly one code, like BJJ or... Oh, yeah, there's no purists anymore. No. Nah, it's crazy. And how old were you when you, you first walked in the gym? I just turned 18. Yeah, just, Definitely turned, just 18. turned 18. How old are you now? 23. 23. That's 23 and a quarter. You've, you've had a lot of fights in that time, man. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I started fighting a year after I started training. Wow. So just, just on a year... After I started training everything, I had my first Muay Thai fight. There's hope for you yet. Oh, really? At 36. (laughs) (laughs) But after a month of um, training there, I did my first jiu-jitsu comp. (laughs) No idea what I was doing. I was just like grabbing people. Yeah, you won, right? Full-on rape chokes and stuff. (laughs) There's only three people in my division. I got a silver, so I was pretty stoked with that after a month of training. That's pretty good. Second last. Yeah. So I was no idea what was going on. In jiu-jitsu, can you just... Straight, straight no, up, you can't, like choke. You, you can't, can't even can't think so. You can't rape choke, no. See, yeah. I had etiquette when I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, okay. You know, judo etiquette, so. <laughs> you I can't do that in judo either? No, you can't, nah. 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 Pretty sure I hit the guy, one of the guys I versed in the balls like three times. Damn. <laughs> Took a knee. <laughs> so, you can't say any one style, right? No, no, no. one style. No. But if I had to say a style that I am now, if someone asked me, I'd say striker. Yeah. Okay. I'd say most of my time at the moment is spent doing striking. All right. I got about hmm. striking every day, Monday to Saturday. Yeah, yeah. wow, man. Yeah. That's insane. 
whether it's just like a little bit of shadow boxing that I do or if it's like a full-on pad mm-hmm. session or a sparring session, it's striking every day. Yeah. So you obviously originally from Sydney if you Yeah. 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 Cool. What's born um born at where was it? I think Royal North Shore. Yeah, in cool, St. Leonard's. You never left. Man. Still there. Yeah. <laughs> I just moved five minutes down the road. So Beautiful. What percentage of MMA fighters do you feel are actually from Australia? There are quite that, a few. That are high but level? There are a lot of New Zealanders out here. Yeah. Well, if they're good, like me. we'll call them Aussies, but if they're bad, we'll call them New Zealanders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. But I'd say a lot of... Um, a lot of professional fighters are still Aussies, like around in Australia. A lot yeah. of them are just like born and raised in Australia and they're still fighting. That's how I, that's what I've seen. Like I see a lot of guys and they might have an Italian last name or a yeah. Middle Eastern last name, but they've still got an Aussie accent. Yeah. And they, they talk like Aussies. They look like Aussies and they act like Aussies. So mm-hmm. I think they are. Have you trained overseas before at all? I did. Uh, I went to Manila last year to in December. I went to go try out for one FC or one championship, whatever mm-hmm. they call it now. Yeah. That open tryouts. Uh, I didn't make it, but I went over there for a week before to train, mm-hmm. to acclimatize. And I trained at this gym called, I think it was called KMA. Nothing to do with the KMA in Australia, mm-hmm. but it was just called KMA over there. It was run by a guy who was actually born in Manly and was a black belt under I think the Machado brothers and so he opened up a gym in the Philippines and I went and trained there and I just did um, some jiu-jitsu and striking before but as far as training overseas goes that's it what do you what do you think the level of professionalism is when it comes to conditioning for MMA over there compared to Sydney oh compared to here like even um, okay so I've been to Hong Kong as well but I just did like casual visits Mm -hmm. to gyms when I see how they treat conditioning and stuff because I did a competition class in Hong Kong and they're like we're going to do conditioning before the class I thought okay it's going to be hard drills takedowns pick each other up no it was like get the TRX out get the kettlebell out (laughs) get the get the chin up bar going and I just thought it was it was terrible it was absolute horse shit okay okay, it was just like hit it hard hit it hit it fast just go 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 yeah there was no there was no reason to what they were doing mm-hmm. like what were we doing we're doing burpee pull-ups so you do a burpee jump up to the pull-up bar do a pull-up mm-hmm. like what does this have to do with jiu-jitsu like okay. you don't jump in jiu-jitsu <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, what qualities of strength yeah. are we actually developing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. seems okay. to be like f45 before yeah like an exercise before salad. jiu-jitsu yeah let's not promote them on this <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that was the same as the Philippines so that was Hong Kong and in the Philippines um, so I got a, I got some PTs over there before I tried out and so when I was with the trainer he's like we're going to do strength and conditioning after one session and it was real hot over there so I got like 45 minutes done on the pads I was smoked and he's like alright strength and conditioning and so I do a push up I do a push up when I come up I'd have to catch a ball in a push up position like a tennis ball and throw it back to him and he's like, do it again. And I was just thinking, this is so stupid and pointless. Yeah. It's like these guys just watch Rocky or they watch like Never Back Down. And they're like, yeah, they're doing it in Hollywood. We've got to do it here. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, that kind of, I mean, in my, uh, so my experience as a, as a trainer, I mean, I would never get someone doing a drill like that post a pad work. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. But, um, yeah, so yeah, I was actually... Priority. Yeah, it's interesting because I think when it comes to strength and conditioning, I think Australia is quite high up. We've got some really good coaches. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the sport is still being held back um, financially. So a- as a young fighter that's coming through the ranks, do you have anything that's that you feel like is holding you back? Hold me back at the moment. First of all, what's you you got your next fight coming up, right? Yeah. What's wh- how far away is that now? Uh, June fifteenth, so maybe three months. Yeah, cool. In the big top, yeah, in Sydney. Yeah. What is your ultimate goal in in MMA? Uh, to be in the UFC and to yep. fight for the title in the mm-hmm. UFC. Whether that's awesome, man. a division above where I am now or a division below, who knows? Like, yeah. where my body weight's going to go. How many so. years? All my goals is to be in the UFC by 2020. So awesome. two years from the start of this year. And then I haven't quite set the next phase of the goals after that. We'll see cool. how we go. But hopefully three to four years, top 10, top 10 fights, yeah. title fights. What's the requirement? Uh, like I'm, com- I'm a complete novice when it comes to this. I have no idea. What's the requirement to get into UFC? At the moment now, the trend seems to be pad your record don't have a loss and get in as an undefeated fighter on a late notice call-up. That's how a lot of people seem to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Wherever they're fighting, so say if they're fighting in Brisbane and there's a lightweight fight and it's like um, might be a guy from America versus a guy from Korea or mm-hmm. something, say the American pulls out, they go, oh, we need to fill it in. It's like eight days notice. We'll look for a guy in Brisbane. Oh, we're going Sherdog. Oh, we're going Tapology. Mm-hmm. Let's see top ten guys. Okay, rank number one, twelve and zero. Let's get let's get that okay. guy. But meanwhile, he's versing fucking Billy the Bum and I don't know Jimmy the Hobo. Yeah, and he's fought them. He's fought twelve guys like that, and he's gotten to twelve and zero. Okay, and so he gets a call up, uh-huh. and then yeah, they get crazy. Smashed, a, lot of, a lot of guys tend to get smashed when they're like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so they're actually not really looking at the quality of their wins. They're looking more just for a, for a number. At the numbers. Yeah. But then you get shows like um, The Contender or The mm-hmm. Ultimate Fighter where that's like the best guys actually get into get the into UFC. Them, okay. yeah. yeah, cool. So they, they actually have tryouts for that, right? So yeah. there'll be a... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you actually got to fight your way into it. So many yeah. fights prior to getting on the show, right? So you got to have three yeah. or so. Yeah, each four. show's a little bit different. Yeah. I know the most recent one they had was... Um, they only taking undefeated fighters in certain weight classes, and you had to have at least, I think, four wins, okay. three or four wins. It's uh, a little unfair, what, man. What inspired yeah. you to follow this path? What inspired you to get into fighting? Um, I didn't plan on fighting. I just planned on doing it for fitness, and then realized you know, right you were after, good at it. Yeah, after a <laughs> jiu-jitsu comp, it's like, all right, that was a bit of a rush. Like, okay, yeah. let's keep going. Then I got I got offered a Muay Thai fight because my coach called me out in front of the whole class like hey you want to have a Muay Thai fight and I'm like oh, I don't want to look like a pussy in front of everyone yeah yeah I'll do it like, oh, shit <laughs> you get to the fight and then I'm backstage like this is getting out of control like oh, I didn't think I'd get this far and then it's like okay okay and then fast forward what like three years I'm like warming up for an MMA fight a professional one I'm like oh it's definitely getting out of control I don't think I'd be here I'm like oh I thought I'd have an office job by now maybe like maybe just training Jiu Jitsu once or twice a week and some some weights on the side. I yeah. think I've been doing this full time. Damn. No plan on getting an office <laughs> job anytime soon then. No, nah, no way. <laughs> nah, I see all my mates getting into it now and they're getting fat and ugly and it's like, ugh. 
I'm getting, I'm getting ugly, but I'm not getting fat. Like, <laughs> I was like, MMA is not a sport. They want to maintain your beauty. But they're getting super unhealthy was... as well and just like unhappy. Yeah. I, I'd have, I work like part-time. They work full-time. What, they get four weeks of holidays a year or six weeks or whatever they have for their job. I, I feel was, like I'm always on holiday. I think it was John them. Wayne Parr that said uh, I had two choices. It was either be a model or be a fighter and he thought he'd just hang out, be a fighter first and then that bit backfall but then he reckons his face later. Yeah, he reckons his oh. face looked like yeah. a drop pie by the time he'd finished all his, his fighting so there's yeah. a no no brainer really. Yeah, that's what happens when you fight elbows in Muay Thai. Uh, oh man. Yes. Uh, yeah, have you had any heroes in like, you know, any anybody inspire you to do what you're doing? Is there anyone out there that inspires you to fight someone who inspires me to fight it's not like someone that you go oh you know like Rocky how many people inspired by Rocky you know yeah that was pretty good Van Damme was mine I mean I never fought but it's more more people that I reckon I train with like training with guys like Richie Walsh and Rob Wilkinson and you know the McKinnon brothers out in Bulldog guys who have who've been on that international stage or fought for world titles. McKinnon brothers. <laughs> there we go. Um, and um, you, you look at them, they're like, you're like, oh, okay, they did it. And this is the path that they did. Yeah. It inspires you to like stay yeah. on the path. Like keep going, keep going, keep going. You're doing the right thing. And so yeah. if they so can like, get there through that path, I'm just going to follow that mm-hmm. and put my head down and work as hard as they did. And hopefully you'll get there. Yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah, so many of those people around who have dug the trenches and done yeah. the, the hard work, you know, not knowing where they're going or following any particular yeah. path, really, but, uh, you know, just living the life. Uh, yeah, what, what, what kind of support have you had to create this full-time program, you know? So you're training full-time. Has it just been training grounds that have been supporting you? I know James Garland is your yeah. strength coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? How do you pull it together? What's your million dollar team? My million dollar team will be mum and dad firstly. <laughs> Thank you for letting me stay at home for the past five biggest, years or yeah, 23 biggest years. Biggest sports sponsorship yeah. avenue in the world. Yeah, yeah I thought you would have kicked me out when I was 18 when I finished school, but thank you, they didn't. Um, yeah, so firstly mum and dad obviously, living rent free under their house with a full fridge every every day. Oh, brilliant, that's Hot a bonus. Water. Yeah, that's the best. Obviously, training grounds as well. Like, I don't have to pay membership there. I get... Yeah, sponsored athlete, right? I get five five PTs a week from them. You know, I get a boxing PT and a Muay Thai PT. Oh, wow. Every cool. day, like, I, I just set it up with the coach. It might just be half an hour. It might be an hour or it might be two hours. It's like, depending on where we are in a fight camp. It's them, also my coaches who, if I... Like, I fought up in Townsville last year in May... And my coach and another guy from the gym and James Garland, they flew themselves up. Like they, I didn't, I didn't have to pay for them to come up. And they flew themselves up to come and yeah, that's call me and stuff. Yeah. So I was having that support crew there. Whereas, um, oh yeah, and also having just having people at the gym who a body is there for you when you need it as well. Yeah, because just. It's all, you can do as much bag work and sprints and running and shadow boxing as you want, but when it comes down to like the grappling or the really you're a good hard fighter. work, yeah, yeah, you just need someone there who can come off the timetable, who 
will come in on like a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday night or a Friday night or a Monday morning and they just just train with you for hard for an hour. Just yeah. having just having people who want to see you get better but also help you train. Mm. So I'd say most people at the gym who have the skills to help me will always vol- voluntarily put their hand up and be mm-hmm. the first ones to be like, yep, let's train, let's spar, let's hit pads. How, how long into your, your training did you get your first proper conditions like strength coach? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> That's a good question. So when I first started, I was like, what did I? I watched a GSP strength and conditioning video. I'm like, all right. Gymnastics, that's it. <laughs> gymnastics is the way. I watched him do like, like ring muscle ups, L sit holds nah, and stuff man. on the ring, muscle ups, yeah, 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 and like all this other weird shit. And I'm like, all right. So I went to the local chin up bar and I just like put my rings there. I was like doing heaps of body weight stuff. And then next thing I know, I was getting like elbow tendonitis, like oh, man. shoulder problems. My shoulders always clicked. And then I was, and I didn't train my legs because I'm like gymnast. Gymnasts don't train their legs, so that was getting. I got <laughs> a grade. Should, yeah, I got a grade two tear in my MCL after like a year because you didn't train your legs. Yeah, because yeah, I just got kicked in the legs and it was just so weak. And I was like, oh, that's shit. And then, so I go to my brother, who's um, who's got an exercise phys degree, and um, what else? A couple so he, of CrossFit gyms as well. He so also I, runs the. Um, functional fitness podcast. What is it? My muscle project. My muscle project. <laughs> Very different, yeah. yeah. Yeah, functional fitness podcast. <laughs> functional fitness podcast. Yeah, it's all the same. Something like that. Yeah. Forty-five CrossFit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's got that. So he's got a background in CrossFit, and um, so I went to him for help, and it turned into like five by five squats, five by five deadlifts. But I didn't get taught how to do the technique. Can't you kind of know how to do it from like YouTube videos and yeah. stuff? But you got no one there, like butt down abs type, pull your belly button yeah, in, all yeah. that type of shit. So I was doing it, I was just like PR my deadlift with like harbour bridge back like that. I was doing quarter squats with like four plates. I'm like, I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile I, got, I got fuck all out of it and yeah. I just wasted heaps of time. So I was doing that for two years. Nothing against my brother. Like he did the best he could helping me. Did that for two years. So that takes me to about 2015. And then I'm like, I found this altitude place. I'm like, and I watched the Diaz brothers train and I'm like, all right, cardio is the way. Fuck, you don't need to lift weights. You just need to like ride your bike and go run for like 40 miles a day. So I was hitting up this altitude chamber twice a week on the rower, on the airdyne, on the, what else was on the treadmill? Mm-hmm. had like a, the Wadway. Yeah, the curved one. And I was doing that. I was there for like two hours, three times a day. I was passing out in there and stuff. And I was, and then I'd get to pads or... Jiu-jitsu at night, and I'd be like, "Why am I Busted. so tired?" Yeah, like, man, my cardio is shit. I better do some more cardio, otherwise my cardio is going to be shit like this. <laughs> so I was like, super overtrained. Did that for about a year. That was shit. I got that was the lowest my weight got. So I was like ninety-two kilos when I started, and I got down to about yeah, wow. eighty-five. And Damn. joints? How were your joints after that? Oh, I just couldn't even feel them. And your strength? They just gone numb. <laughs> and your strength? Pain. No my strength. strength. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't even take anyone down. Hey, yeah. I had no strength. Oh, but I can go. I can go forever, yeah. like in um, in sparring. Yeah, yeah, in striking sparring. But as soon as someone took me down, and I had to like push them away to get up, if they weren't a midget or just a lady, I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> just a lady <laughs> or a woman, I don't know, <laughs> or a kid, a small child. How about that? <laughs> and so then, fast forward to start of 2016. Um, James Garland was like, 
you look like shit. I almost died doing doing some weight cut, cut like twelve. So he trains at training grounds with you, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. So I I did one weight cut. What I cut from eighty four from ninety four down to eighty four. I cut five kilos on the day. Uh, I starved myself for ten days before no. the last two days. No, the last twenty four hours before the weigh-ins, I had no water and no food. And then I cut five kilos in the sauna. I was like real skinny fat at the time as well. And then I was like, hey, James, is the weight cut meant to feel like this? Is it meant to go like this? He's like, no, it's not. And then I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, do you want help? I'm like, yeah, please. <laughs> I was like, I was too proud to ask for help until he asked me for help. Oh, so man. I'm like. It's the worst mistake. Because, you know, fighters, we're all tough. We're not pussies. So yeah. we don't ask for help. And then, <laughs> and then I go, can I ask for help? He's like, okay. And then we started doing it properly. Lifting weights um, twice a week, proper form. Like I'd go in with him once a week. He'd teach me how to do bent over rows, how to do squats properly, how to do deadlifts, split squats. A lot of, just a lot of lower body hamstring work mm-hmm. at the start. He said I had, his quote was, I think, I have no ass. That's okay. what he said. Yeah. I think he grabbed it as well. Yeah. yeah. He grabbed my ass <laughs> and said, You have no ass. And it's, then, uh, it's, it's called um, uh, SAS sloppy ass syndrome. Yeah. And he's like, okay, we need to build you up. Because I had um, really bad back pain at the time as well. Yeah. And, um, it's called the squeeze test as well. That's yeah. it. Something wrong with, <laughs> I think I had like back spasms. I'd get them like maybe once a month. It was real shit. And I couldn't move for like a day. This is so, prior to training with James Gallon. Yeah, this yeah. is prior to training. I got it when from all the training in the altitude chamber. I reckon it was just the, the constant just running. Yeah. Um, my back just got really jarred and tight in my hips and stuff. And like, I didn't stretch either because I'm like, the Diaz brothers don't stretch. Why do I need to stretch? <laughs> and Love then, that. and then, um, so we get, we start training stuff and then get to my first fight with James, who had been my strength conditioning coach. And then, how much weight did I cut? I cut from 90 down to 84, and it's like the easiest weight cut I ever had. I didn't even need a sauna for that one. So then I'm like, oh, James is pretty smart. I might stick with him. Because I was just jumping around strength coach to strength coach. So I stayed with James and now we've slowly started doing more fight-specific stuff. We've built up a base. Like i got strong hamstrings and a butt now. And I don't have back <laughs> that's pain what you anymore. Wanted, that's, right? the, that's the one thing I wanted to get rid of was back pain. So I finally got rid of the back pain. Um, and then now whenever we start training, we look into four-week blocks uh, coming into a fight camp. So usually a fight camp is eight weeks and we'll... Four weeks before fight camp starts, we'll do a, I can't remember what it is, but we'll do like a specific specific Phase. training block. Maybe it might be, I think it's a little bit more volume on the big lifts. And then the first four weeks will be less volume, but I think it's more, more explosive. Yeah. And then the last four weeks, we usually add in lactate um, endurance with yeah. explosive repeats and like jumping split squats, shit that just hurts and just... Death, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Have you noticed a change in, say, your key compound lifts, like deadlift squats? Have you noticed your strength going up in those? Yeah. It's something you can yeah. really um, you can monitor. Like, it's yeah. it's hard to say. Oh, I feel really strong when I'm fighting someone, but you don't really know how strong you are because you're not really you can't really measure it. But with lifting, you can. Do you notice a difference in your deadlift weight and your squats, all that kind of stuff going up? Yeah, my squats and my deadlifts went up. Um, last year, I had about six months off in yeah. between fights and. We just worked, like lifted really heavy, tried to put on some weight. Yeah. And they went up really high during then. Beautiful. But um, 
during fight camp, I don't try to hit any PRs. Of course, yeah. I always, oh, always of course, try to leave yeah. about two reps in the tank. Yeah. But um, I don't quarter squat anymore, which is good. Always important, yeah. Good stuff. And um, my, lift, my lifts have all gone up. They've gone down now recently just because I'm doing more more, uh, more cardio-based stuff, getting mm-hmm. ready for five rounds, but more, yeah. more skill-specific work because we're like, oh, the next guy I'm bursting is a good wrestler, so we got to work on wrestling. So more, more skill mm. stuff, but I'm still lifting. And um, the lifts have gone down a little bit, but they can come back up yeah. straight away if I wanted to, if I wanted to push it a little bit more. Good stuff. Uh, any other hurdles been you've come across in your career? Obviously, you know, strength training was a massive one, and, and yeah. After that fight that I had, where I almost died cutting weight the whole week, I was like, "Fuck this shit, I quit." Like after this fight, I don't care if I lose, I'm done. Did you win? Yeah, I won. All right. I got an armbar in the second <laughs> round. I'm like, this is pretty sweet. I think I might keep doing this. But the whole time, that was like probably my biggest hurdle then was like when I thought I was going to quit. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck this shit. This is fucking, this sucks. Like all my mates have gotten office jobs now. They got new cars. They got like, they can move out of home. They got, um, you know, they got cash in the bank, all this stuff. They're going away on nice holidays. Look, they just got four weeks off. During summertime, they all went off to like Bali and Thailand and shit. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't go because I didn't have any money. Yeah. I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to go get an office job. Or I was like, I'm going to go get a real job or something after mm-hmm. this. But then I think it was the weight cut just like kind of fucked with my head a little bit. Do you have and a job then, right now? Like, yeah, do you, personal yeah. training. So, oh, okay, cool. So I do about awesome. four hours in the morning. Mm-hmm. Most Sweet. mornings, one, and I teach at training grounds as well, kids' classes and yeah. just regular classes as well. And, um, do you think uh, essentially like you might be competing with people, say, overseas at your same age, same experience that don't need to work part-time? So their their main job is training. Yeah, I reckon there's some kids in Saudi Arabia who've got some oil money yeah. who, are just like, who are just pumping out the training at like Nogueira's Saudi Arabia gym or like, I don't know, some kids in America who have got Somehow got some kind of sponsor who's like a real estate agent yeah. or I don't know a doctor or mm-hmm. who owns a bunch of medical places. Or someone who's only going to be the Queen's Guards in Russia, right? Yeah, whatever. But I mean, you're essentially com- competing against these uh, young guys that have have got more time to dedicate to training mm. and they don't have any stress whether they're going to be able to pay the bills or yeah. whether, they, whether they can go on. They don't have those, so essentially you're competing with people like that. Does, yeah. that, does that bother you? Like, like no. you're in a country that doesn't really. Nah, because I think there's no matter where you are in life, you're always gonna have stress, and that stress might be like, oh, I gotta do boxing for an hour today, yeah. and then I gotta back it up with an hour of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like, I finish work, I'm like, fuck yeah, time to go train. Yeah. Like I'm gonna go do hour yeah, half it's kind of pads. the highlight of your yeah. day, right? <laughs> and then I get to, then I get to go to the go lift weights afterwards for an hour okay. and a half, and I got a couple of mates at the gym who I like to see, and we can just go talk shit for two hours. Like this is mm-hmm. awesome. And then I get to go home and nap. Yeah, and it's like, brilliant. Yeah. Whereas those guys are like, oh no, I got to train hard today. It's like that's training hard's the best part of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's good. That's At good. What age did you realize, you know, you could you could make this uh, your career? You could what make age? this a full time job. Or what, what part? What yeah. part of the journey did you sort of decide one of those to wins. commit? One to of those it? wins, you would have finished that. We'd finish that fight, and you would have been this is it for sure. It's got to be. I think it was my last win that I had. I was, it was October last year, uh, so I was 2-1 and one going into the fight. 2-1 and one's an alright record, but it's like, 
the guys Urson was also two and one, and he was quite good. He was like supposed to be Adelaide's best, and I'm like, oh, whatever. You're from Adelaide. Who, who do you have to train with? That <laughs> I don't have to train with. Like I, I train with the UFC fighters in Adelaide, right? Yeah. <laughs> so just he comes in, he does some. I, I was talking so much shit going into the fight because I watched him fight. I'm like this guy's terrible. I'm just going to talk it up. And I'm like, oh, he's going to shoot a sloppy single leg. Lo and behold, he shoots a sloppy single leg in the fight. I was ready for it, counted, and then I need him, knocked him out. I think 38 seconds, I won. I'm like, oh, shit, I won in 38 seconds. That's pretty cool. And then my record turned into 3-1. and 3-1 and one sounds a lot better than 2-1. and one. And he went to 2-2. Two and two. I'm like, man, I'd hate to be 2-2. Two 2-2 and, two. <laughs> two and two sounds like shit. It sounds like you win one, you lose one. You win yeah. one, you lose one. Where it's like 3-1, and one, and you're like, okay. And then we started getting all these title title offers from... We've had four title offers now from four different promotions. And so, you know, winning an Australian title, I think, gets you a lot more credibility and recognition. And that's what you got coming up. Yeah. It's a lot. I'm not in it for the, like, um, wouldn't say I want to make money from winning the title. But if you win a title, you get people going, I will sponsor you. Yeah, I'll give you money to go over and train and all that. Absolutely. So if you can win an Australian title, you get, like, that little bit of extra help. That's right. Which Obviously, it helps Which in you the need. long run. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's good, man. I've, I was speaking to to Mark. Obviously, Mark's background is judo, and, and his his whole like career is always being held back by financial restraints. Because for, I think for you, like all your best coaches and training camps are all abroad, right? So you're pretty yeah. much self oh, self coach. Coaches self-funded. are here. Like no matter what camp you walk into, or like, I spent a year in Germany, two years in Britain. But the coaches are never gonna fully invest in you as much as their own athletes. Yeah, you know you're from somewhere else at the end of the day. So the best coaches are always here. But the, you know you need those bodies. You need the quality bodies to fight and train with, and they're on, they're overseas, right? Because there's a lot more bodies there. Just training or like trying to make a life out of it right yeah do you think if you if you had an opportunity to train abroad with like um, higher level uh, like bodies would you take it hypothetically yes but not for long I would go for a month at the most so you do your pre-fight camp over there yeah I'd probably go there for I wouldn't even do fight camp over there I'd go there just for like when I have time off there's no Uh pressure to train there's no pressure to be like, all right, going to sparring today. We've got to get five fives in with that guy, that guy, that mm-hmm. guy, that guy. Like, I need to get all middleweights, all welterweights, and light heavyweights, or even heavyweights going with me. I can't go with any light, any um, bantamweights or featherweights or anything. Because um, I just feel like there's too much pressure. Whereas if it's here, I know I can get, I will get the rounds in. So there's no pressure going, oh, I need to get all the big guys in. Because when I'm here, I just go, hey, Rob. A whoever yeah. else, let's go come in on Saturday and you're just going to shark tank me. Whereas I think going abroad and training outside of a training camp is a lot better and mm-hmm. more enjoyable. I think you just get more out of it. Interesting. Does it, does it, um, like say with the UFC go looking for a fighter, do, do you think they look at where you train as as a reason to pick someone? Like say, say you're a you got the same record, but you train at uh, another gym that's for some reason got more prestige. You think they're more likely to pick you for a fight if you say trained at I don't know American Top Team or something? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent think they do. Yeah, they um they like to build up 
it's like with the new management that's taken over the UFC, they're turning it more the way of WWE. They're always trying to build up a story. So if you're mm-hmm. a guy who trains at ATT or you train at I don't know, Jackson Winkle Johns, they can always twist it somehow to say mm-hmm. who's trained with the best in the world is the next big thing, yeah. something like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely if you train at one of the big gyms, they, that'll put you up there like more of a chance to get into the UFC. Are there any big gyms here in Australia? At the moment, I'd say Rob Whitaker's gym. I see a lot of guys leaving their gyms to go train with him out in, uh, where is it, Campbelltown? Yeah. To go train at his Gracie gym out in Campbelltown. Like a lot of people, especially welterweights, middleweights, like Fabricio Etty? Yeah. 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 I leave in there, whether they trained with Rob maybe at a Muay Thai gym or if Rob came to their jiu-jitsu gym or something, they've gone, oh, okay, I'll just go and train with Rob now. How much time does Rob, if you know, um, would Rob spend in his gym training people? I have no idea. No idea? Well, no, I wouldn't know. I have versed one of his guys, though. He beat me. Motherfucker. But I'll get him back. <laughs> <laughs> it was a close fight. So Went the distance? Yep, three okay. rounds. He can only wrestle, he can't strike. So. Uh, what um, can you, what What would you give, what advice would you give to somebody uh, just starting out in MMA or looking to, yeah, go for the same dreams as you in MMA? Starting out, advi- yeah. Advice for them? Well, I've actually had quite a few young kids come into the gym, 15, 16, even younger, like 13, 14. They're like, oh, I want to do MMA. It's like, okay, it's like, when's your MMA class? It's like, well, you can't just do MMA. You got to do your foundation. Yeah, you got to do yeah. your boxing. You got to do your Muay Thai. You got to do your Jiu Jitsu or your wrestling, even your Judo. Like, we can't just teach you how to do everything in the yeah. MMA class. So, my advice would be maybe pick one striking sport or pick one grappling sport and just do those specifically for maybe a year and then start thinking about doing MMA. And don't change gyms all the time. Guys will stay at a gym for a month and go, oh, this is shit, this isn't working. And then they change gyms, they change gyms. And next thing you know, you've learned nothing because you've been changing gyms each, mm-hmm. every month and you haven't picked up their philosophy of training. You've just got, you've got nothing. You've just got basics. Mm-hmm. Basics of the basics, that's it. That's so, great advice, yeah. man. I really like, like coming from judo, you know, I, I feel... I like to be elite at one thing like, yeah. rather than being an all-rounder at, yeah. at plenty. Mm. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, being you're going to pick a striking, yeah. uh, striking sport. You're going to pick a wrestling sport. But, you know, would you broaden that after you've got a significant base? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Even guys like who get into MMA, they don't become elite in boxing or in wrestling they become elite at the MMA aspects of it mm-hmm. so it might be they become elite at fence fighting pushing you up against the cage keeping it dirty there you know you can't train a specific martial art for that you can't train yeah. freestyle wrestling for that you can't train boxing yeah, or more time for that yeah. it's purely MMA so I think guys they get really good at everything but then they pick certain parts of the fight that they, they're good at they might get good at ground and pound they might get good at reversals off the bottom you know that's not quite jiu-jitsu or not mm-hmm. quite wrestling where they have to use their strikes or they might get 
you know, really good at MMA striking where you've got to change your levels yeah. constantly, fake a takedown, come up for a punch, mm-hmm. fake a takedown, come up for a kick, or, you know, fake the striking and come for a takedown. So Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's the kind of, that's like the new breed of fighter, like yeah. yourself, who, um, like, your specialty is MMA. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, cool. as a, you know, for, for myself watching my MMA as a kid, it was always, Everyone had a base. It was either wrestling, jiu jitsu, yeah. muay thai. That it's, guy in the geese. So different. Yeah, it's I so different. He's a boxer. That <laughs> 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 guy with one boxing glove on. Yeah, we all remember that. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks, Cam. Cheers right. for coming Thanks, in. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Cam. Yeah, really appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, we just want to get this information out there so people can learn from you and your mistakes, your triumphs, you know. Especially for those people out there that are looking to do MMA or get yeah. better at MMA, some of that advice that you're throwing out there is really, really valuable. You know, I, for one, had a lot of hurdles in my mm. career and, and you've obviously had too. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing a lot of that. And uh, right. thanks, awesome boys. thanks for having me on. Love your work, man. Awesome. Thanks, boys. Yeah.